All right. Hello and welcome to Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I may never do. So uh, we are here to talk about movies, the movies we love for better or worse, and the reasons why we love them. Uh, today on the pod, I've got Ashley Besh, a makeup effects artist and uh, cinephile horror fan, friend, collaborator. How you doing today, Ashley? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? All right. All right. Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Hanging in there. You know, the normal day to day. As good as you can be. In the, as good as you can be. In, our in, the, in the epicenter of the pandemic. So. Yeah. Thank you, Los Angeles, for having <laughs> your shit together. Yes. Woo! Doing as well as we can. Doing as well as we can, you know. What, uh, what movie are we discussing today? Uh, today we're going to talk about the Oscar-winning Death Becomes Her. 1992's Death Becomes Her, directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by Martin Donovan and David Cope. Kep? Cope? Kip? Uh, starring Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, and many other people. Isabella Rossellini's in this movie. Uh, who else? Who else? The guy from, I don't know his actual name, but the guy that narrates um, Forensic Files. You are right. I forget that guy's name too. I can't think of his name, but boy, do I love his voice. Puts me to sleep. Something I learned after my most recent viewing, uh, getting caught up with it for the pod here, was that Tracy Ullman apparently was in this movie a whole bunch and they got her, they cut her completely out, which was wild to find out. Yeah, I think she was supposed to, she was supposed to be like the final love interest, I think, for Bruce Willis. Like they were supposed to end up together. Um, And I think, not to spoil it, but uh, at the end when they're at his funeral, um, I don't think it was supposed to end at the funeral. I think they were supposed to go somewhere and they were like Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn saw them together Mm. and then they got hit by a car or something. Like that's how they were supposed to die. I see. Yeah, but there's like a bunch of really weird things that I always catch re-watching it that don't make sense, but then that's why, because they cut all that out. Oh, that'll be interesting to, to hear all the things you've caught, because I definitely, I'm sure you've caught more things than I have. I probably, I've seen this movie too many times, but <laughs> it's, it's fine. Which is perfect. That's the whole yeah. point is that you've seen it a whole bunch. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, one thing I have been neglecting to do like crazy in the first bunch of these is I haven't read the synopsis for the movie, which I feel is important. Oh, especially when uh, a lot of the times the synopsis doesn't quite match up with what it actually yes. what it is. Uh, okay, so Death Becomes Hers synopsis. Uh, when a woman learns of an immortality treatment, she sees it as a way to outdo her longtime rival. Um, uh, yes kind of, kind, kind of. of yeah there's, there's a little bit more layers to it than that but yeah. uh yeah I, you uh, know what right. i guess i'll i'll take that i guess we, we can we can say that's fine we can say that's a fine synopsis for the moment and let, yeah and let the listeners decide you know? so, yeah what they what they think if they've seen it <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so we usually start out with uh our initial thoughts about it generally speaking what did you feel about the movie the first time you saw it versus the most recent time you've seen it? Um, so I probably saw it way too young. Uh, I remember being probably like eight or nine and seeing sure. the, the VHS cover, which is uh, Meryl Streep. She's holding the candelabra through Goldie Hawn's stomach. Yeah, like the hole in right. her stomach. 
And I was like, oh, what's this? Like I this and they have the beautiful like costumes and the 50s hair. And I was like, oh, this is me. I want this. Um, so I think mostly everything went over my head just because I was eight or nine. So it just looked cool. Right. Um, but watching it now, it, it is my favorite movie. Um, so it, it's just everything that I like. It's comedy. There's a little bit of horror. Um, there's some really great makeups and like different effects. Uh, so it's just everything that I want in a movie. And it's like just campy enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I can remember, I don't know how old I was when I saw it. And I know that it came out in 92. And I, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I remember I saw it on video after it came out. So it was probably about since I, I was born in 87. So I was like six or seven, probably when I saw it, right? Like, you know, kind of close to the same age. Yeah. What an, what an experience. I just remember <laughs> as I was rewatching it this most recent time, what I took away from this most recent watch was like, oh, this has informed a lot of my interests uh, in, in, in women in, in my adult years, as it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This explains some things I had completely okay. forgotten about. Um, so that was weird, but, uh, mostly it also just kind of like revealed, oh, right. Horror comedy. This is why I love this so much. It's just Mm -hmm. so wacky and weird. Um, the shotgun blast, like the, the shovel and the head spinning around everything that they do with the body horror is just funny. It's funny as hell. And I remember laughing at as, as a kid, and laughing even more in my most recent watch. Like I watched it yesterday to get caught back up Mm -hmm. and I was laughing out loud a lot more than I remember doing the last time. So that's always fun. That's always great. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it was really kind of surreal rewatching it because it's been, I can't, I think the last time I watched it was probably at least five or six years ago. Okay, wow. So it's been, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. so much fun so what did you like the most about this movie what worked for you most about this what really kind of sticks with you I mean I think a lot of the design and like the makeups for sure Dick Smith designed the makeup so when I obviously when I was a kid I didn't know but as I started doing makeup I was like oh maybe that's where some of my love for makeup started because this was one of my favorite movies um but I think some of the some of the visual effects don't hold up quite as well um like with the neck the one her head uh when she's on the piano like that's a little rough when they untwist the head but um you know the neck being broken uh goldie hawn that fat suit that they put her in they're beautiful like beautifully executed um and even just the regular makeups are stunning and uh when they do start to fall apart and you can see the spray paint coming off and they're gray underneath, just, it's so beautiful. And I love it so much. It was really well done. I agree. Some of the things that worked for me the most are definitely the gags. The gags, Mm -hmm. even on the rewatch, while you're right, a few of them are a little bit shaky, especially compared to things you can do now. So many of those gags still worked for me. They were still like, they, they held up. They were funny every single time they make made their appearance and the shotgun blast every time I that see one, it. Yeah. 
that and that and the um the the shovel when she gets hit in the head with the shovel and her head goes down yes that that gets me every time uh and the way that she's like trying to talk with her neck and she's like yeah that that um something i recently learned uh the scene where um Meryl Streep when she takes the potion and she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's starting to change yeah um they originally wanted to do like her bra was supposed to have essentially like bladders in them so it was supposed to push up but they couldn't get it to work so she her I don't know if it was like her assistant or somebody but somebody literally pushed her boobs together like it was a bra but then somebody and you can tell if you watch it you can kind of see on one side underneath her shirt you can see it doesn't look natural like it looks like there might be a hand in there but I just think that's so crazy that that's how they ended up doing it like literally someone was just like and just (laughs) held them together like that's movie magic movie magic yeah Yeah. I mean somebody somebody got paid to just hold Meryl Streep's boobs in place that's that's wild thinking about some of the stuff that they used to like do on sets or how they would achieve effects and still some of the ways they do it now, like, you it's know. It's kind of like, wow. It, okay. you, you, you'd be surprised how, not slapdash, just kind of thrown together, things can appear off, like, behind camera, uh, you know, behind the scenes. And yeah. the effect that they achieve on their own is is always just interesting to me. Uh, I mean, and we've, we've done some weird projects already where we've accomplished some strange things <laughs> yeah. in the same way, so... Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's part of the fun of it. It's kind of like when you do um, like gags and effects like that, you're kind of like MacGyver and you yeah. kind of just have to figure it out. If no one's right. done it before, it's like, okay, well, uh, we're going to try it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's half the fun is like re-engineering something that you've seen in a movie or like figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Always fun, always fun. Some of the pieces that you've done that I've seen are great. The arm that we did for deserted with the fingers oh, yeah. is, I still love it. Like, cause we were able to do two different things with it, which is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, am I allowed to say what it was? Oh yeah. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. It was the chop. There was the finger got chopped and then it was just the cut on the arm. So we had this like rig where we, we cast one of the actor's arm and we had to set it up so that like, his finger supposed to be cut off with garden shears and then squirt some blood. So we had to cast the arm and then like set it up so that there was hose and tubing so that we could make the blood squirt out of the finger. But then also when we stick a scalpel into the arm and drag it, we have to be able to cut the arm and have it bleed too. And that was that was a lot of fun to, to set up and shoot. And Ashley killed it. Thank you. There's uh, There was another, um, a lot of the visual effects were actually supposed to be practical and they did make puppets for a lot of it um there's two times in particular the one that i just noticed i rewatched it last night when goldie hawn when she stands up after getting shot that's Um, totally that's totally a puppet because her body just kind of goes like the arms don't move it almost looks like a mannequin um but there's another time you can tell is it when it's not when she's sitting at the piano, but it's when Meryl Streep, when you see, I think you see, is it when they're fighting? There's one time when you can see her and it's like, oh, that's a puppet. Like it's mm. not her face, but it's her back. Um, oh. I can't remember if it's when they're fighting and she has that like white silk 
number on or if it's when she's in the leotard I can't remember I should I literally just watched it but (laughs) yeah it might be the leotard just because I remember like when she hits the bottom of the stairs and her face hits the ground that's definitely like a dummy right right but it was like blended well I think you know the moment you're talking about in the movie I kind of like want to pull it up it's just a check but just to see yeah yeah I there are there are some moments where you can kind of pick out it's like oh that was a dummy oh that's like yeah, a puppet for sure well they definitely at the end too when they fall down the steps yeah I mean of course they're dummies because they're <laughs> you know but that oh I love it that cracked so me up so I, I laughed so hard at the ending especially because I hadn't seen it in such a long time it had the twofold of me just I forgot about it entirely so I was just like shocked mm-hmm. and thought it was hilarious but then it just reminded me of the crash dummies like the crash test <laughs> dummies and the crash yep. dummies cartoon mm-hmm. and I was just like oh my god this is amazing they just like collapsed just like just like the crash dummies it's so funny I still uh because my mom also loves that movie so we quote it back and forth a lot so anytime we go somewhere and I can't find my car or vice versa we'll be like do you remember where you parked the car (laughs) (laughs) their just head is just spinning so yeah so yeah okay definitely the gags those all worked for me and they they still do I think I think they still hold up I Um, think the the cast too Um, oh yeah the fact that they play like first of all I don't think Bruce Willis has ever been funnier Um, I almost forget that it's him um he well it doesn't because it doesn't look like him number one but he's just so funny yeah and weird and uh I think Goldie Hawn um I mean up until that point I had I can remember her in Overboard and then I think I had seen Private Benjamin before so I always remembered her as like this cute kind of funny like Mm -hmm. so seeing her play something different and then Meryl Streep too it was like whoa they're all kind of playing things that they don't normally do so it worked I think so too they're all kind of playing against type very much and I agree about Brucellus I was going to say that's one of the things that like really was a highlight for me really stuck with me I love first of all early Bruce Willis and comedy Bruce Willis especially Mm -hmm. I think that's when he's his best is when he's like being ridiculous and comical and funny and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people forget that that's kind of where he started is it wasn't the Honeymooners, was it? I think it was maybe. Maybe that's oh. not the name of the show. Shit, I can't remember. But he started on like a really funny show like that. And then uh, some of his big first movies were like Hudson Hawk, which is a classic. And I love that movie. And it, yeah, it's some of his best work with this is especially I think maybe one of my favorite Bruce Willis performances because yeah. of how against type and how just he's not a strong macho man. He's just like no. sniffling weak, <laughs> the scene spineless where, dude. The scene I also love when he um when they go to the hospital and he passes out. So they take her to the morgue <laughs> and he's like, Where's my wife? And he's like, the morgue. She's gonna, <laughs> She's gonna be, be serious. Yeah. Like, oh, so funny so good oh that's so yeah he's he's hilarious and i i think it's a shame that he doesn't do more performances like that yeah he they're just too good he's well now you know he's like an action star now oh yeah why would he why would he he's a staple of action movies yeah of course 
Oh, I just watched one actually. Uh, it was one of those, I think it was on Stars, maybe uh, via Amazon or something like that. But it's like a new sci fi movie that just just hit, apparently, okay. that he's in. And to the movie's credit, there's some no names and B actors that I've never heard of. And I was like, oh, they, they were fine, they were enjoyable. But I was also like, oh, Bruce. This is where we find ourselves. <laughs> this is where we are now. This is uh, this is what we do. It's because you you keep being addicted to people on you set as, as we keep finding out. Didn't he just to uh, was it what did he do? He got kicked out of a restaurant or something. There was something with COVID that he was doing. Uh, I hadn't like, heard this, Bruce, but I, I doesn't ugh. surprise me. It doesn't. I don't surprise remember if it me. was a restaurant. It was he did something. He got kicked out of somewhere because he wouldn't wear a mask, and it's like, of course, why would you? It's simple things, like, you know. <laughs> it's simple things. It's not that hard. But yeah, I think uh, his performance still holds up for me. Very funny, super underappreciated. I think this movie it got it's, like the cold uh, status for sure, like yes. finally, but very underappreciated. I feel like you know? it's finally within the past like year and a half I finally feel like I'm seeing people either talk about it or I've seen articles circulate about it and I'm like finally um I think it's on I think it's streaming on something now it might be HBO Max yeah so uh, they've got it on HBO currently I think you can catch it on Amazon either via Prime or with like one of either stars or one of the other add-ons you can do yeah, I'm, um, so I'm hoping that that gives it. I've heard rumors, and I hope they're just rumors that they want to remake it. Um, I don't no. want them. I don't touch it. Just don't touch oh, it. God, you don't. can't. Yeah, you can't just don't. let people find it and love it. Um, don't. There's like no one that I would think would be okay. That I would be okay with um, doing it. I agree. I don't know who they could all, even they, do that justice. The only person that I could think of that I would be intrigued, I wouldn't necessarily approve it, but I would be kind of curious to see Lady Gaga in Meryl Streep's uh, role, Hmm. but interesting, can't think of who I would be okay. And I don't even want to say it because I don't want to bring it into the universe. So that's fair. That's fair. All right. (laughs) If if it eventually comes into being in the universe, we can speculate while yeah. and make our suggestions. But otherwise, don't touch it. Just yes. let For people now, find it and enjoy it. Let's let a classic be a classic, please. Mm-hmm. How old is it now? It's almost 30 years old, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yep. yep. that year. means I'm almost 30. Yep. Yep. Wild stuff. Joy. <laughs> Joy. Uh, but... And then obviously the powerhouse performances of our main leads, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, just, just rocking the whole way through. Uh, Meryl Streep is rarely, I don't think there's, there's very many things she's ever been in where you could argue that she's not good. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't think of anything. It's one of those things that people are like, you can't say Meryl Streep's bad. That's sacrilege. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't think she's bad. I think she's amazing. I'm just trying to think, I like, I want to be balanced here. She's great. She's amazing. But I want to think of at least one movie where I where would say she's, she's, eh. she's okay. She's there. She's there. Right. Ah, eh, whatever. She's amazing. And then Goldie Hawn, like you already said, she's before this, there wasn't like a ton that she had done that showed this sort of depth. 
or like what kind of like what like wild think, action she could do i think the first half of the movie was well even that because she was very like reserved and mm-hmm. shy so i don't think that was her either yeah. um so seeing her in that was kind of like oh who that's the whole hand wringing napkin oh handkerchief yeah thing. yeah I was like, that's, that's interesting. That's fun. Yeah. The reserved thing cracks me up too. Cause she's just so soft spoken and quiet. Yeah. She's like, I couldn't, I couldn't take it again. But when she goes off the, like the deep end, she goes off the deep end. With the, with the, uh, the mural she makes with the. Oh yeah. The lipstick writing. And when I she's, like- uh, she's rewinding when she's sitting in her, uh, for some reason, when I was little, when I would watch that movie, I didn't realize she was eating frosting. Yeah. I don't know what I thought she was eating. Like for some reason I thought it was either cat food because she had all the cats or like, I don't know. I think I thought it was like sour cream, which yeah, I don't, which sour is cream weird, or yogurt which is or something. more weird. But um, when she just keeps rewinding, which I think the movie, the fake movie was supposed to be like, what was it? Isn't it called? I'm trying to think what the fake movie is called, but I think it's supposed to be a play on either Rear Window or like a Hitchcock movie. Oh, um, you're right. Because the poster, I want to say, it's, a it's called like for murder. I think it's called like Front Window. Like it's a very obvious when you see the poster. Oh, okay. Um, let's see if I can find it. But when she keeps rewinding it. Yeah, that be the hell up was her rewinding it over and over and over again. As the landlord's trying to, yeah. to break in. I remember in abstract, but rewatching it, you know, fresh eyes was just like, this scene is so funny. And she mm-hmm. is so funny in it. Well, She's even like, the fact too, like the, the therapy, when they're in therapy, they're all there because of her. And it's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? What do you mean? How can it all be Madeline Ashton? Like what? That was something I laughed hysterically about was like the therapist. She's like, after all this time, you're still talking about her. Do you think I want to be talking about her? Do you think I want to be talking about her? <laughs> therapist is like, I'm so done talking about this woman. And she, what she, she says, uh, you have to erase her from your mind. And she's like, that's it. She's like, what? The, what do you mean? Yeah, that's it. Like, that's yeah, all you, you got to eliminate. Eliminate. Yeah. Yes, that's what <laughs> I'll like, do. You're right. <laughs> like, I'll oh. eliminate her. I, <laughs> I would have been like, I think you may be taking this a very different direction than I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's way too far. Um, it is interesting though that uh, when she takes the potion, because they even mention it. Uh, and every time I watch the movie, I try to, um, they put the years up that the years will flash, mm-hmm. but it's not always, it starts off. I forget what the year is, but then it'll be like seven years later, five years later. So every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, Ashley, we're going to actually count and see how old they are. We're going to go with, and I never do. I think after like the first time I'm like, eh. but she takes the potion seven years before Meryl Streep. So I want to know why did she wait seven years? Like what was all that? She was building her empire. You know? 
Because it's like, obviously, she probably would have been, I would have liked to have seen her transformation. I think that would have been really cool. Probably really hard. Um, Yeah. Would have probably been mostly visual effects because she would have had to shrink pretty, pretty. uh, You're right. But that would be cool. That would be cool to see. They probably didn't do it for that reason, because I feel like the amount of time we hard. don't see her it's yeah showing that the the effects would have been difficult but also just the backstory alone because she does say she had to get rid of everything she had yeah which wasn't a lot at the time uh so if she got rid of everything she had and then like her got cats. youthful and and you know it was like okay i am gonna build an empire then that's gonna take time just because mm-hmm. she got young again or attractive again quote unquote doesn't mean that it's instantly right it doesn't solve everything you know and if she gave everything though yeah seven years makes sense that's probably why it took a a while to get everything going plus when you got that kind of dedication and the 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 psychoticness with the planning (laughs) you're not gonna give up you're not gonna quit she's like i've waited this long i can wait a little bit longer she wouldn't have to worry about um she wouldn't have to worry about aging either so it's like exactly. she could have taken 10 years and then she could take like, as long as she wants. Yeah. She could have waited until like, uh, oh man, that would have been even more gnarly. Wait a few more years for uh, the Maddie, Meryl Streep's character, mm-hmm. Madeline, mm-hmm. To, to age just a few more even years more, even before yeah. she shows up. That to make been... her feel real shitty. Ooh, brutal, brutal. <laughs> All right, that, uh, I think that's a good way to move into. We kind of talked about some of these a little bit, uh, but personal highlights from the movie specifically on performance or moments or set pieces or story or in this case effects what could you tell us about some of those effects that you happen to know about um well besides uh besides the bra um most of them uh let's see you had the fat suit so goldie hawn that was a fat suit so makeup and then the actual piece um i will say i wasn't kidding when it was when i said it was an oscar winning movie because it did win for visual effects Mm -hmm. not makeup um but uh let's see there was that there's one of my favorites was the neck when she breaks her neck and she twists it back and you see that uh because it's like broken messed up bro- the bones oh, in her collar oh and it's yeah so, and it's so and it's not gruesome but it's disgusting enough where it's like oh god that's not natural and like your eyes go to it and it's like that's not you know that that's not what it's supposed to look like that one had a good imagination effect where you just kind of it really hit inside your brain and kind of made you feel like squeamish but like oh god just picturing mm-hmm. that on you mm-hmm. and how that would feel yeah yeah like, yeah, just now thinking about it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's gross. Like, you can almost not notice it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just because when her head swings back, you're like, oh, you're looking more at her head, but then you look down and it's like, oh. Um, most of those gags, I, especially on this most recent rewatch yesterday, was, uh, yeah, I was surprised. This is a good comparison. Watching as a kid going, like, just thinking they're funny and like, oh, that's messed up and funny and hilarious and wow. And now as an adult, it's like, it is still funny, but it's mm-hmm. also gruesome. And you're just going like, oh, fuck. I can, I can picture that and I don't like Happening. it. Well, even to the scene where, because I always thought it was funny when I was little, but when the doctor is like, 
push, pushing her wrist back. He's like, you're telling me this doesn't hurt and pushes it all the way back. And I used to think it was so funny when he grabs the, um, he checks her heart, he can't find a heartbeat. So he goes and grabs that giant stethoscope. And like, when you think about it, that is hilarious, but also that's terrifying. If you were a doctor and that was sitting in your office, like her temperature was below 80 and she's like, what the hell does that mean? Like, she's just like, okay, I'm here. So it's just, when you watch it as an adult, it's like, oh, wow, that is kind of scary. If you, if you yes. think about it, cause that's not normal. Like that uh, was going to be one of the mo moments that I mentioned that was like a personal highlight on this rewatch was definitely the whole doctor's office scene it's so well played and the like mm -hmm. all the little jokes and the doctor too is so funny sydney sydney pollock oh okay pollock? yeah no that is sydney pollock you're right the part when he goes it's like well that what the hell does that mean exactly <laughs> exactly he's you're, like he's losing said, his you're, mind you're a burning bush and she says i'm a what <laughs> like uh what <laughs> Oh. I don't want to be a burning bush. Anyway, the doctor's hilarious. That whole scene's hilarious. Well, and two, the uh, when they when she's in the actual morgue, something that I just realized watching it last night. Um, when she sits up, she looks like Nosferatu when she's in the bag, and she's yeah. like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what that is. Like I never never put two and two together. There were some but, fun little references like that peppered throughout that I was starting to pick up on. I was like, oh, that's great. That's so good. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm in the morgue. <laughs> in the morgue. Why am I in the morgue? <laughs> I'd, uh, I 100% forgot, though, like the moments after when the doctor disappears, that when he goes out and he's like looking for the doctor, I'd forgotten entirely that it's the doctor who's on the table. Um, They're like, he's yeah, dying he because yep. he's just like in shock. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so so damn funny it was it so was great wild wild just yeah just well played across the board there's so much dark comedy that was mined out of this just the whole scenario uh -huh. that i probably i was looking at it from like the filmmaking standpoint and the writing standpoint i was like i don't know if i would have thought of some of this stuff on my own just like yeah. watching it, i was like this is hilarious and yeah uh genius some of it i felt like like anything with her neck and her head just being all fucked up the entire mm -hmm. time the minute it's broken to, like, hold it hold it back when she's talking to her <laughs> could you stop that i'm sorry and she like has to pull her head up i was like this is so good mm -hmm. and they're both doing so so much great work with the physical comedy that is like required oh, yeah. of doing that um which was another thing too. I was just like, you know, Meryl Streep gets talked about for her acting ability all the time, but I don't think that's one thing that we can talk about is like her physical acting in this is fantastic. Like yes. she's doing her, like the, her head dropping is just all her and it, uh -huh. like looking all fucked up like that. So she has to control all of that. She has to do her weird leg and arm movements. Oh yeah. Yeah. When she's, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. They're so damn talented and like yeah underrated movie underrated movie there's a scene that i love uh because i relate to it um when they're at the book signing and he's at the bar and he's having a drink and the woman i can't think of her name but she's the mom from the goonies oh my god you're right i can't think That's of her who name that is. but her voice like i know that voice when i hear it um 
but she's asking everyone, what's your secret? Like what, you know? And so she goes up to him and she's like, oh, you worked on my mother, you, her, her cheekbones, you brought all of her color. And he starts talking about how he does the makeup with spray paint instead yeah. of makeup. So for me, with my job, I do a lot of weird stuff. And, you know, some people understand it, some people don't. And sometimes when people ask about it, I get a little carried away. And so I'll go into detail about what, you know, and I see that look that, that, that she has when she gives him that people give me. And I'm like, oh, I should probably stop. Like, they're not interested. I went on a tangent that I don't know how to get back from. So I just, I love that, that scene because I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> a lot of my conversations that I have. Cool. Um, I am Ernest Menville. So I have actually done work for funeral homes. Um, so when I have, I do always joke and I'm like, I'm Dr. Menville. And some people get it, but most, a lot of people haven't seen the movie. So they're like, who the hell? She's not a doctor. What? That's really, really funny. Besh, that doesn't sound like Menville. I'm like, well, just trying to brighten the mood. I don't know. Work for funeral homes. I did not realize that you had done some work for funeral homes. That's very interesting. Yeah, I've made some. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I can talk about it. I've made the. I mean, the two biggest things I made an ear for someone, um, and then I had to make. Uh, they said we need another eye so I thought they meant like oh they need somebody to look at something like they need an extra yeah. eye but no they needed an eye oh, so wow. I had to uh he was in a I think it was a car accident it was a drunk driver so oh, okay. he had like this whole part of his face was gone holy, um, and holy. they they wanted to have an open casket so I was like, well, here we go. Let's see what I can do. Let's work some magic. And it did. That's wild. So, yeah. Cool. So I think yeah. that's probably also why I like this movie, just because that is kind of something that I've done and thought about doing for a while. So it's like it really hits all the marks for me. That's really cool. I had no idea about that. Uh, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. Ashley's cool points just like went up a whole bunch just because I was like, holy <laughs> See, shit, usually, that's, you worked usually, on bodies. That's wild. Usually it's the opposite. It'll be like, oh, that's <laughs> weird. Um, like, oh, wait, you've worked on a dead body? Ew, yeah. that's, you're a weird. I will say, I will say my, my very favorite thing, um, you know, the first time I did it when I was putting this ear on someone, it was a prosthetic and I had my glue that I normally use and it just wasn't quite sticking because you know they're cold yeah. and so the the funeral director comes up to me and he says honey he's dead and he gave me a bottle of super glue he said have fun and I was like oh I guess that makes sense like you don't have to worry about them taking it off so that's fair man I wish I could do this to people sometimes but <laughs> that's that so funny yeah all right uh okay so yeah a lot a lot of fun with the effects a lot of fun with uh the gags and uh some of those moments the hospital moment in the morgue are just pure classics a bit, yeah um i'm trying to think of like any other moments from the movie that 
really stand out or the things about the movie in general I really really like um and same goes for you like just what anything that comes to mind about this that you really enjoy um I really love the the mansion like the whole I mean the whole scene where she actually takes the potion um I think is really cool but that whole I know the mansion itself uh well wait a second I know Meryl Streep's the outside is in Beverly Hills, but the inside was a soundstage. But the one where um, Isabella Rossellini, I, I think that might be an actual place, I would imagine. I um, think it, I think but it it's was. beautiful. Um, yeah. That pool with the stained glass up top, the locations were really beautiful. That whole, uh, the Isabella Rossellini mansion, that whole set piece was like wildly extravagant, which is supposed to be. I also feel like it kind of had not a Lovecraftian vibe, but it kind of had like a mystical vibe to it, which is totally, obviously it's intended because of the potion and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's one of those things where it's just like, especially the older movies, some of the things where they did like set dressing or um, really paid attention to the way the sets played into the stories is very evident in this. Like every setting is kind of, it's hyper aware of itself, I feel like, in context mm-hmm. of the movie, because um, it wants to be a little bit exaggerated from what we're expecting, which works in its favor. And all the set pieces that they chose, I think reflect that really well. I think it's just like over the top and fun mm-hmm. within like this, oh, very rich people, high-end living kind of lifestyle. And then this, the what, I, it's like, the super like a very rich celebrity imagining what the elite super rich live like Mm -hmm. which was interesting as far as uh, a lens to look at the movie with i think they did a great job with that too with the um the uh the plastic surgery office yeah yeah that she goes to the way that it's set up and then if you notice if you um look in some of the other doors as she's walking down there's like a guy in this weird bubble thing that's like yeah, moving and it's like that? what the hell is that like what kind of treatment is that like it's like a blood transfusion or something mm-hmm. there's like the hoses and everything yeah but it's like showing what people either imagine do. happens in those kind of places or what actually does happen and like the things that people will actually pay for yeah the like the kind of ridiculous uh not like a deal with the devil, but kind of like kind the, of, the things yeah. you'll do for your to your, stay young, to yeah, to stay young, to stay youthful, to be immortal, like the whole kind of premise of the movie, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing that hyper personified through that Beverly Hills lens, but just again with the weird contraptions taking it to this high exaggerated level, that's mm-hmm. so much fun and just freaky and kind of weird and we- yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love when she um, when she goes to get the potion, which I just realized this. Um, so she's driving, and first of all, you can see her swerving literally yeah. into like she should have been dead. The she fact that been. she she stops in the middle of the road, in the middle of the road, and she's digging through her purse. So I was like, wait a second, she's not pulled off to the side. So that means she's literally. Pu- pulled in the middle of the road and is just digging through her purse yep just in the rain just in the middle right. of the road just in front of the mansion just 
hanging out. She's rich and important, and who's gonna who's gonna so who's gonna her? tell her no? Yeah, who's gonna pull her over and be like, uh, "Lady, yeah, you can't do this. This is you can't drive like very that. unsafe. Mm-hmm. It's raining, by the way. This is a really poor decision on your part. Very bad idea. You're gonna kill yourself. You're gonna kill a lot of people. I yeah, it's rewatching it. I kind of expected her to get in a car accident, and I forgot that she doesn't. So she, I was like, yeah. oh. Well, that was a good pump fake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when yeah. they, uh, when they, um, when they're planning how they're going to kill her. Yes. And they, they put, they're like, we'll make it look like she had a little bit too much to drink. And it's literally <laughs> just like 12 vodka bottles just, just hanging out. The bottom of the, the, the floor of the passenger seat is just <laughs> filled with bottles. And then I think, uh, Maybe I've saw this wrong my whole life, um, but when they do the the fake autopsy, when they're like, she her blood alcohol was, and then they say they pull her arm up. Is her arm a robot arm? I was. I think it was supposed to be like burned to a crisp, but it does look a little bit like a robot arm. Okay, like it's holding onto the bottle all weird too. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, am I missing something? Because that's funny. Because yeah. maybe she's not a real person, but I was like, mm, is, that, <laughs> is that something else? Is that another layer that that there is to? Um, I had to like give it up, uh, going with the exaggerated, over the topness of the whole thing. That whole sequence itself, like the movie, is so exaggerated and over the top that when you get to that sequence and they make that somehow more over the top in the explanation and the visualization of what mm-hmm. they're gonna do it's it's comic gold basically yeah. is how i feel about it. the car goes over because i was just watching this and i just I, I this i rewound much like goldie Hawn did at the beginning i rewound this moment so many times the car goes over the cliff and before it gets even before it flips one time it explodes <laughs> it like it doesn't even like hit mm-hmm. the side of the cliff necessarily yeah. i think maybe the bumper touches and it's like boom Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is the funniest shit this ever. This is right. It should have like tumbled a bunch of times. You would expect that, like tumbling a bunch of times. Or hit a rock, like again. hit something on its hit way something down. something on its way down. Yeah. Or like it explodes and they do like 15 different angles of it exploding. Yeah. Nope. It just goes over the edge and immediately explodes before it touches much of anything. Hilarious. Um, I don't know how true this is, um, but I read that the movie itself was supposed to be a sequel to Tales from the Crypt. So interesting. if you think about it, because I think Robert Zemeckis, he produced some Tales from the Crypt and then I think he ended up directing something. Um, but if you think of it in that way, it makes like the movie, I don't want to say the movie doesn't make sense if you don't think of it that way, but it kind of makes sense that that's what it is. Okay, okay interesting i'm like looking at his like i could see that sequence alone being an episode oh yeah or or like the second half of the movie being an episode from the point from the point from the point of where from the point of where they um want to kill her having that plan and then actually her just falling down the steps and coming back to life like i could see that being an episode there might be something to that i haven't i don't know anything about the tales from the crypt connection but i mm-hmm. do obviously he did direct a few episodes 
um, when that show was on the air. And I think it was on the air. It started in like the late 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what year. I'm not even going to try to guess. But it, yeah, late 80s and it went to mid 90s. So yeah. Death Becomes Her falls right, right in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would make sense actually a lot. And also, I forgot Robert Zemeckis directed any of Tales from the Crypt, which explains <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, and is also funny just because of the other things that are on his, like, director rap sheet. Uh, but it wasn't, I was trying to think, because this came out in 92. And then Forrest Gump was 94. But it's wild that the same person that yeah, no directed, directed that, directed Forrest Gump. And back, and back to the, to future. the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's back like, to the oh, future two okay. and three. Did he do he did all three of them? What are we talking about? All three back to the future movies. Yeah. And I think what was is it um uh what's it called with uh romancing the stone? Is that shit, that was him. Is that his? Yeah. No, it was. Romancing the Stone is Robert Zemeckis too, and I think that was right before Back to the Future. It's either right before or right after. Right after, yeah. That sounds right. Damn, other good movies to talk about. Classics. But it is wild that that's, that's, they're the same people. Yeah, yeah. And that's Uh, why I was a little bit, I still haven't watched it and I don't think I'm going to, but the, um, the Witches remake, mm, he did that. And I was like, oh, that, because then I thought about Death Becomes Her and I was like, well, maybe. Mm, could be mm. in the same wheelhouse but i don't think based on what i've heard that it's anywhere near i haven't seen the witches but uh i'm i'm a little curious now i am a little curious now yeah Hmm. i haven't heard anything good well i guess we'll have to find (laughs) out have to see (laughs) have to see have to see uh i'm gonna look up wait i have to find out what else has he done recently i think there was a um that one the ben stiller movie i think i can't think of what it's called not the was it walter mitty maybe not walter mitty oh welcome to marwin that's the one not so not ben stiller um steve carell that uh that was an interesting movie was that the one he makes the um it's not he sets he makes like the things with the dolls yeah like, he like takes like, pictures yeah they're like barbie action figure ken doll gi joe's kind of thing mm-hmm. uh not terribly unsimilar character from the one he plays in dinner for schmucks just oh just serious not more like serious he's yeah. being made fun of right back to death becomes her though i think one of the story pieces that i definitely love and is a highlight it's just like kind of the main story element that they're talking about and just holding a mirror up to the standards uh, and the double standard of beauty and like how it applies in our world and especially our industry with like movie making Mm -hmm. uh bruce wilson's character doesn't give a shit about getting sloppy and all messed up and old because it's not something that guys have to worry about as much and uh they're stuck in this like weird cycle perpetuating the beauty but also becoming monsters because of that 
and like just getting worse it's it's fucked up but it it is how society kind of is or has been for the longest time and you know we're moving away from that a little bit we're, we're getting better but it's slowly. still a problem yeah it's <laughs> very, like it's still a very pretty, slowly pretty major problem that we're yeah. working at our way out of um which is kind of why i'm kind of amazed that it did so poorly when it came out but i guess people weren't really ready to look at that as much yeah yeah and now that it's like a cult classic now for exactly that reason because of all the things that it was pointing out and trying to like hold up to people on top of the fact that it's just hilarious and horrifying <laughs> but hilarious for me that definitely is like a huge thing is just how well that story still works even 30 mm -hmm. years later and also kind of horrifying that it still works 30 still years works later. yeah i do have a weird question do you think if it wasn't well if it wasn't Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, it probably would not have been as good. But do you think the women that would have been cast would have had careers afterwards? Because mm -hmm. with Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, they were both, I think, I want to say Goldie Hawn was 45 or 46. Yeah. you. And I don't right. know if Meryl Streep was the same age, but they were already various. And even Meryl Streep, I mean, she's not going anywhere. Like she will never stop. Um, now, granted, she doesn't play the characters. She, you know, she's a grandma or, you know, but would would other actresses, if it was too different, would they still have the career? That is an excellent question. And uh, I think it would probably, much like because it's Meryl Streep and because it's Goldie Hawn, it might depend on who those actresses are mm -hmm. that were cast, like, in this hypothetical but if not on the caliber or the career level probably not i would yeah. say and i don't think that i don't think that's fair but i think that's probably realistic based on yeah. especially based on the time when the movie was made and when it came out so yeah i i don't know i think it really does depend on who those those actresses are but leaning towards not, not leaning yeah. towards not yeah, they either um, would have disappeared or become grandmas very quickly. <laughs> yes. Gra grandmas, yes. mothers, widows, um, but not the young, no, no girl next door or, you know. Nope. And that's one thing too is, um, I mean, obviously they both kept working for quite a while after that. And, and Goldie Hawn stopped working sooner than mm -hmm. Meryl Streep did, for sure. Um, but Meryl Streep, I feel like, aged kind of gracefully into the roles that befit her her age yes. bracket more or less yes but also her talent is like fairly unparalleled yeah no there's no one there's no one else like there's her. really yeah there's there's really not at least not yet not so far no i can think of some actresses who maybe will come close if they keep on their trajectory they're on but uh i think that kind of lends itself to it i think the the quality of the talent is kind of what elevated both of them and mm -hmm. kept them working and kept them going even after the movie because again this movie is it's great that's why we're talking about it we love this movie it's super good but when it came out it wasn't as well wasn't. received by people yeah. which is amazing and just a bummer frankly um but i'm so thrilled 
that uh, you know we get to talk about anyway. It's still something that we we can be enjoying all these years later. I think and something that hurts it is the fact that they don't advertise it with that um, the VHS cover. It's the yeah. weird. It's like the I think it's supposed to be Isabella Rossellini, but she's holding the potion, and then it's the three of them at the bottom, and it's like, well, that looks kind of tacky. Right. But when you see the original with her hand through her stomach with the like, that's cool. I mean, I it is, but it's if like that's that doesn't. What they marketed, is that what they marketed this movie with? Maybe because the the other one is. I mean, the other one's a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I mean, I could, I guess, see why. I also that's my favorite in this in this article. Um, Besides the red dress that Goldie Hawn wears at her book signing, the dress that Meryl Streep wears is my favorite costume in that. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, there's some great wardrobe in this movie. That and their hair. Like I said, I remember seeing that as a kid and I was like, whoa, wait a second. I need to watch that. It's probably also one of the reasons why I wanted red hair. Like seeing that, seeing Goldie Hawn. I can see that. that. I can see that. That and um, uh, Spider-Man. When I would read the comic books, I was like, my hair is supposed to be red. It's not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to have blonde hair. (laughs) This isn't right, Mom. What did you do? I'm supposed to be Mary Jane, damn it. God damn it, Mom. I was going to say this. It just popped in my head that one thing I also liked. uh, The women in the movie, every single one are well thought out, well spoken. They're intelligent. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. almost every single man in the movie is kind of like an idiot or a boy toy or just like eye candy. They're, they're just there to look good. They're not there to be smart. I which never I was like, that, that's that. a really fun reversal. And I yeah. really like it a lot. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Like even Bruce Willis's character, he's like, he's a doctor, but he's bumbling and he, he's yeah. like a fuck he's up. He's a drunk. He's yeah. And yeah. He, he's like, he's not a model of anything. Uh, and then you got these other guys that are just like oh they do exactly what they're told they're only there to like yeah they're only there to look good they're they're just yeah yeah well, literally her her uh servants the guy their name it's tom dick and harry yes like, exactly they're just regular dudes their names like, don't not... matter mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i which... never thought of that it's real. i thought yeah super fun i think that's a really great reversal that they played on tackling the age thing and like the hypocrisy of the double standard with uh, beauty and aging, but also the way that men and women are portrayed in media and, and like yeah. how they're portrayed and their intelligence level and their value based on those things. Yeah. Underrated as hell. This yeah. movie. I think the only, I think the only woman <clears throat> in that movie that was remotely, it would have been the, um, the, the girl in the doctor's office that had the French accent. Right. And then when her boss comes in, she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it switches. <laughs> like, oh, she's not French. That's yeah. Fine. It's all she's putting on an act also. She's yeah. she's smarter than she she's appears. Sm- yeah. 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 That and also the music is great. The yes. score throughout. Um, super good. It works so well. And it's almost too dramatic, but it fits perfectly because it is over the top. I feel like this hits right in that same pocket of not Tim Burton, but kind of like the Tim Burton, Danny Elfman collaboration where the music is, is very orchestral and over the top for mm-hmm. what the material is. 
but it all it does is enhance it that much more it just makes it more fun it makes it more ridiculous or scary or it's uh, a little bit like a like hitchcock like it does kind of have that kind of vibe to it absolutely fits with the with the tie-in with the fake movie that she does i think you're i think it is i think you're right i think it is front window i'll look i'll look at it after i'll take a screen cap of it with that, we go into closing thoughts on the movie. Anything else that we haven't talked about that we want to talk about with it? I think that's, I think that's everything. Um, I think that covers everything for me too. Yeah. Until two hours later and I'll be like, oh, wait. I know. That's, that's always how <laughs> I it happens. I thought of something. It's like, oh, I forgot about this whole thing I was going to talk about. I could have gone on a tangent <laughs> for 10 minutes and I fucking forgot about I it. I forgot about it. <sighs> That's all right. No, That's I think right. I, I guess the only other thing I would have to say about it is because I've seen it so much, I um I've always tried to get my friends to watch it, but I also can't watch it with them if it's the first time they're seeing it because I think I can I don't want to say that I can quote the whole movie, mm. but I'm pretty sure at least 75%. And like there were times I noticed when I would like get up to do something and I would hear it and I would still be saying it so that's um yeah so you've seen it a lot i've seen it a lot you love this movie a lot those (laughs) are your closing thoughts (laughs) those are my my thoughts that's it everyone should watch it um i used to be i used i don't want to say embarrassed but um because it is my favorite movie and for a long time when people would ask me that question i would never say it because i was like i can't say that movie and now I'm like, I say it proudly. I'm like, no, it's, it's Death Becomes Her. That's, that's it. That's perfect. And that's a great segue. Uh, I, I've definitely gave my closing thoughts. Uh, I just have to say that it's great and definitely watch it. If you haven't, it's worth, definitely worth the watch. You will enjoy it or at the very least be tickled to, to all hell by to, yeah. the first, yeah. at least the first half of the movie. The, the well the second half you have to make it to the second half oh yeah you gotta but like bare minimum if you can if you can only hang on the first half is pretty funny like Mm -hmm. and the whole thing's funny honestly just watch the damn movie just just please watch the movie watch the movie what's wrong i'm not gonna shut up about it ever but just watch (laughs) the movie uh that moves us on to uh the next segment here the get to know you section with uh the big questions big questions the big questions first question what is the first movie that you ever saw whether it was in theaters at home at a drive-in if you can remember which movie is the first movie you think you ever saw so that that is a really hard question um i i remember what my favorite movies were when i was little so i i can't say when exactly i saw them um my mom uh it, it was my mom was a single mom until I was about eight so there was no filter on the tv so whatever mom watched I watched um but uh for sure legend uh with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry that was my I loved that movie so much uh weirdly uh legends of the fall um should not have watched I mean it all went over my head I didn't know anything um but the first movie I remember seeing in the movie theater was the uh, uh, the Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick. 
wow, that's awesome. My, that's really funny and awesome. My uh, grandparents took me. My grandfather loved horror movies. So we went and I remember I had my blanket, like my security blanket. Yeah. Um, and I was ter- I put it over my head because I was so scared. And it was a shitty blanket. So like there were holes. So I couldn't cover what was happening. <laughs> um so that was that explains a lot um and then I do remember the first movie I saw at the (laughs) drive-in which I shouldn't have seen uh when my parents first got married we took a trip um I'm from Pittsburgh so we took a trip to Lake Erie so it's like an hour away from Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh it's in the middle of nowhere um by a big lake so we were going to see Inspector Gadget um but after Inspector Gadget was the Blair Witch Project. So I saw the Blair Witch Project in the middle of the woods in a convertible. Oh no. And I woke up, I think I fell asleep and I woke up kind of towards the end, like right when shit started to get really bad and Mm -hmm. both my parents were asleep and I was like, uh, this is danger. I don't, I don't like this. I think I'd like to go now. And I couldn't hide because the top was down so you know I was just kind of stuck watching that and then seeing that girl with the boogers on a giant screen in the middle of the woods also explains a lot sure but, yeah. yeah that's you know. that's a hell of an experience mm-hmm. wow yeah I, yeah we also got uh so I'm trying to think what the name of the town is in the Blair Witch is it Burkittsville or Bur- something like that Whatever the name of the town is, we ended up getting lost going home. Uh, we ended up in the woods close to where that was filmed. Oh, no. We ended up in Maryland. And I was like, uh, Mom, are you sure you picked the right guy? Because this is not <laughs> off to a good start. Like, this isn't okay. This isn't going to end well. Yeah. This isn't going to end like, well. I think you might have. Maybe you should have rethought that. That's, yeah, that's very interesting first movies there. Some very mm-hmm. interesting first movie experiences. Okay. Uh, the next big question is, what are your top three movies and why? They don't have to be the same three harder. movies that you picked for the pod. Okay. Necessarily. But if they are, that's also fine. Just, well, I will say this is number one. That becomes her. Becomes um, for all of the reasons we've just went over. Right, right. As far as the other two, uh, Jaws, number two. Um, I feel like I don't really have to explain that one. If someone really needs an explanation, I mean, you're getting, (laughs) it's a shark, number one. (laughs) Number two, it's two separate movies in one movie. Yes. Um, And just, I mean, you can't hear Chef's Kiss, but Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss, yeah. It's um, Jaws is a classic for a reason. That's also a movie that I saw when I was young, like yep. probably too young, and I didn't know that it was called Jaws. So I always called it um, the Bigger Boat movie. <laughs> and my mom would be movie. like, you mean Jaws? Um, nice. And also my grandfather looked like um, Chief Brody. So when I would watch it, I'd be like, oh, it's my pap. Like, he's in the movies. Well, he's there you the go. Pictures. Yeah, that's, um, that's going to be close to your heart no matter what. Yeah. So for the third, oh, it's so hard to narrow it down to three. If I had to pick a third, I think it would be a tie between E.T. 
and Evil Dead 2. Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough call. It's a tough tie, but I first, yeah. I also kind of want to throw True Romance in there. So, oh, another good one. Another good one. Yeah, it's my top, my top three and a half, five, kind of. Um, that's fun. That's totally acceptable. I feel like with the Evil Dead 2, that one, I always cheat because I'll say my three favorite movies and then my three favorite horror movies. So it's like I can still fit it in there, you know? I see. But, I see. But it's definitely up there as another like horror comedy. Okay. Well, if you want to do them separate, you could do your three favorite horrors separate. Well, okay. If we're, if we're going to go that route, then it would be Evil Dead 2, American Werewolf in London, and Oof. uh Cre- creature from the black lagoon yes yeah you mentioned that might be one of the ones you want to talk about i think so i, think, I but i, I think have that's a, a good choice i have a feeling what's gonna happen if that's what we talk about um i'm gonna talk about millicent patrick for 45 minutes um <laughs> so uh, if that's the case you just have to be like just give me a signal or something like we get it we get it but i feel like everyone needs to know about her so i won't shut up about her no that's good and i, I won't know? give you a cutoff signal i'll just let you yeah. keep going so that's the <laughs> great thing is you know uh anybody who comes on a second time when we get to the big questions first of all the big questions will, have, will be different because oh, i yeah. will have already asked you the yeah first time. yeah that's true unless things have changed yeah, yeah and then the whatever movie gets discussed next we'll ask some of the same things but you'll also get to elaborate on whatever you whatever you damn well please. oh okay okay as i pull out a book <laughs> like Ahem. like all right well here we go i've i've composed a full thesis <laughs> yeah here we go. Uh, all right. All right. Well, then we can move on to the next big question. Uh, what movies are you looking forward to that aren't out yet? You know, that's a very short answer because I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm still because of the pan. I, I will blame it on the pandemic, but I feel like because of the pandemic, I'm still so behind on what came out in 2020. So there's still so many movies that I want to watch from 2020 that I haven't seen. So as far as 2021 goes, I don't even know what's coming out. I will say I'm very intrigued by the Candyman remake, which I think is coming out this year. I think it is. Or maybe 2022. Kind of intrigued by that. Yeah, that's I can't even think of anything. The movies that I were that I was looking forward to, I was kind of like, so reasonable. I would say I'm looking forward to actually seeing movies in the theater. That's yes. That's a good that's one. That's what I'm looking forward to yeah. because I, I'm really bad at watching, um, watching new movies at home has been a struggle. I agree. I agree. Uh, I, when I finally do watch them, I, I'll get into it and I'll remember to put the phone down, though that oh. is a constant mm. struggle. Yep. I put mine in the other room because I have this issue where uh, if I see an extra that I'm like, oh, that person looks familiar, I have to look them up. Yep. It's like, and oh, it's I like, want to find out can't... some behind the scenes info <laughs> yeah. here. You can't wait five minutes. I will say one thing I've started doing that does help, um, which is maybe more annoying. I'll keep my phone in the other room, but like I was watching, um, uh, I love Norbit. 
the Eddie Murphy, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which would be a fun one to talk about. But uh, I was looking, I was like, one of these, the locations, I was like, that looks like a back lot. I know a back lot, what? So instead of getting my phone, I just was like, hey, Alexa, where was this filmed? Oh my gosh. So she tells me, so I don't have to, you know, or if I'm like, who's that person? (laughs) So I don't actually have to get my phone. I just bring Alexa into it. I, uh, I have a bad habit of when I'm like, a lot of times if I'm working on a project, if I'm trying to write something, I'll put something on in the background while I'm working. And for the longest time, that was The Office because it was on Netflix and I've um, seen it a million times and it was easy. And now yeah. they got it on Peacock, so I can't watch it or stream it because I'm not mm-hmm. going to get Peacock. I refuse. Uh, and that's fine, but I don't have anything to easily stream in the background except new stuff. So every time I put on a new movie, I'm like, I'm not even watching this. Why did I do this? This is a waste of time. Every time I've tried to put some, and I keep having that problem where I'm like, what do I, what do I put on? Like, yeah. (laughs) And I don't want something that's 40 minutes because it's like, I'll probably be done with whatever I'm doing or like, I just need something different. So it's, I I think I might end up buying, I think you can buy the office on, um, I think it's called like voodoo or something. Oh, I think it's like right. $30 for all of the seasons. So I, I think I'm going to have, I don't want to download another app, but if it means I can hear it in the background again, yeah. I'm going to have to. It might be worth it. It might yeah. be worth it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, it's, it's a real struggle though, trying to, to pay attention, watching yeah. anything new. And I'm old and I will, if I put a new movie on at nine o'clock, if I'm in bed watching it, I'm going to fall asleep. Sure, sure. Or I'm going to get to a point where like, I'm getting tired and I'm not paying attention anymore. So I think it's time we turn it off. So it takes me like three days to get through one whole movie. That's not okay. I've, I've had the opposite problem lately where like, I've got a chair where I can sit and watch my movies. And usually that's where I'm sitting and working. But now I'll find that right around 10, I can fall asleep in the chair when I'm watching a movie. So if I mm. want to finish a movie, I have to get in bed because for some reason, once ah, I'm in bed, falling, I'm like, I'm awake asleep. and I won't go back okay. to sleep for a while. So that's what I do now. That's how I get my movies. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, then that brings us to the uh, basically last big question. Uh, any personal recommendations not mentioned so far? Uh, So I was thinking about this earlier and I was trying to think of something that kind of reminds me of Death Becomes Her that I also feel like people haven't, don't talk about enough. And that would be She-Devil. I don't remember what year it came out. I want to say it's the early 90s. I can That's check. Roseanne's in that one, right? But yes, it is Roseanne Barr, once again, Meryl Streep playing a, oh, 1989. Oh, that um, is Meryl Streep. You're right. She plays a real monster of a woman. Um, she's a like a romance novelist, and she ends up. Uh, Roseanne's husband is an accountant, so he starts working for Meryl, Meryl Streep. Um, they start an affair, and when he leaves Roseanne for her, Roseanne decides she's going to basically destroy Meryl Streep's uh, life, and it is. Another really funny, has its really dark moments, but for the most part, it's kind of light and fun. 
but that was another one that I saw based on the cover because I think it's just the one that my grandma had it was Roseanne with flames and horns and it mm-hmm. just said she devil and I was like okay I sounds like cover. my kind of movie yeah I remember that cover I remember so, that movie too I haven't seen that movie in such a long time but I oh, vividly yeah. remember watching it yeah. for no other reason and I can't explain why but I just remember they had this one sequence where there was a close-up shot of Roseanne's mole. Oh, mm-hmm. and I, she's—I think she's picking hair out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's yep. plucking hair yep. out of her mole on her face. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that has stuck in my brain since the first time I've seen that movie. It's never left. I—that's yep. my association with—is like, oh, Roseanne and that hairy mole. <laughs> and I think I'm pretty sure she keeps them i think at one point the mole might be gone i think at one point maybe towards the end yeah i think she does get it she gets it removed yeah yeah that mole plays a very big part in the oh yeah in the movie so that is my it's not i would i definitely wouldn't put it on the same level as is she devil but it's definitely in the same like not as not as terrific but it's uh definitely definitely entertaining and funny so that would be that would be my my recommendation solid recommendation i think that one's actually streaming now too so i'm hoping that it's like oh okay yes more people watch it more people love it so i can talk about it and not be like what the hell is she talking about she (laughs) doesn't hey you know what people should check it out at the very least yeah meryl streep and roseanne in in her heyday before she got a little cuckoo yeah yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that leaves us with tags or pluggables. If you have anything to tag or plug, um, I guess myself, my uh, Instagram, where all my work is, is just at ashes to ashes underscore effects. So that's where I post all my projects that I'm working on and all the up and coming stuff. Fair enough. You heard her, folks. You can find her at at ashes to ashes underscore fx and i can attest to the fact that she is very good at her job special oh, effects you should hire you. her she does a lot thank of great you. great stuff um but so far i haven't seen anything which i think speaks to your work ethic that you have been asked to do that you couldn't do not yet not yet <laughs> there's no there's no such thing you right. always figure it out yeah, that's that's what I think is like it's a mark of you and your work is just like if there's a challenge to meet with an effect, you I haven't seen you so far basically shy away from the challenge. You're always like ready to jump in and try to figure it out. Yeah. Again, ashes to ashes underscore FX, follow her, hire her uh, for your FX needs. Thank there you, you go. Uh, this has been uh, Ashley Besh talking about Death Becomes Her. Thank you for stopping by Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I probably will never actually do. I think you should keep it. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus. Everybody's yeah. like, you should just, just hold on to it. It's it fine works. the way it is. It's yeah. long and silly, but it works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Farewell. See you later, everybody. All right. Thank you very much for stopping by and listening to Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I may never do. Special thanks to my guests for coming on the show and all of you for listening. Original podcast music by Weston Lee Ball. You can find them at lava underscore submersible on Instagram and Weston Lee Ball on Facebook. And if you like the podcast... 
do me a favor and just rate and review. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment and uh, maybe I'll read it during the show. Thanks again and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>